Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen you are now, 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 now listening to two, 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 the P13 Podcast. Yeah. All right, welcome back to the P13 Podcast. Hello, sir. How Hello, sir. This is a new setup. You may see that, well, you people listening, you listeners, will not be able to what see this. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, what do you, mean you people? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh yeah so uh you will see it on our social media you'll see the post you'll we're sitting in a different uh setup different setup we're trying it out um i wasn't a huge fan of the angle uh of the other setup fair mostly with myself maybe that's some uh maybe that's a mental barrier that i have and even right now the the mic is kind of blocking blocking my person hmm it's a little interesting. I mean, you don't yeah. also have to turn this way, too. I think we can try going straight up. So I talk to the TV? To, <laughs> I guess so. Um, but yes, we're back in the studio doing another episode because we just love love you all. And we also love this. Don't get us wrong. We do. We do. And we enjoy every time we get to, to share this with you. But don't forget, those members, you do get access to Halo. And you get to comment on after the pod. Mm-hmm. We have a, we have that going. Shout out to Kim and Arkajit keeping that for chiming in. Chiming yeah. in. Would love to have others chime in as well. Absolutely, it's a good opportunity for you to get those questions answered. Get through questions answered. Share some experiences. Share some testimonials. How have you uh, learned or applied some of the things that we've talked about to your daily life? Yeah. Yeah. Um. But how are you, sir? How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Just, uh, you know, you and I were talking a lot on the on the way uh, to the pod. Uh, also, for those of you that don't know, Cal and I carpool to the pod. Absolutely. Um, and we have deep conversations on the way. And is, is it a Honda that you drive? It's a Honda. Yeah. Nice white Honda. Honda. Accord. Keeps that thing fresh. I thank you. But uh, yeah, we were just talking about some mental barriers, which will probably be another another episode. That's kind of where we, we get the creative juices flowing and talk through through episode ideas uh yeah so we're just talking through that did a little squat session today didn't go how i wanted and you know sometimes that happens it happens yeah it's it's just life yeah and we'll probably touch on some of that in today's episode with what we talk about Uh Mm -hmm. absolutely nice little teaser segway (laughs) segwaying into this um speaking of that nowadays let's talk about let's talk about what we're going to get in today nowadays you can get things at a click of a button or a tap of the screen whether it be some food, clothing, or that doodad from Amazon that you bought that thought you thought might be a good present for someone, but they ended up with three of them somehow. Bread maker. Uh, <laughs> it's got three speeds. It's got three speeds. <laughs> or they just represent or uh, rewrap Re-gift. it. Regift. Oh man, um, you, you can see this in fitness sometimes as well. You may be told you can drop twenty pounds in a week. Or you want to get back to that activity that you missed so much. Maybe it's intramural basketball, soccer, baseball, any of those sports. You had an injury and you get back and you want to jump right back into that activity from that injury. But you come back too fast and you blow through your recovery work. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes we're getting too geared to getting things quick, myself included. What that means is sometimes I forget the process or we might forget the process there. 
I can get into how I got into this mindset, but uh, I'll going over things for myself. I've always tried to keep things as process and progress over results. Again, I do have to admit that does get away from me and we'll talk about that here and, and moving forward, talking about trusting the process. What is your take on the process? We've kind of bounced, bounced around this idea of uh, chatting about this for, for a while and uh, just recently kind of solidified solidified it because we, we often see people struggle with this exact thing. And more often than not, I think this is what holds people back from achieving truly great progress. And as Michael said, you know, he's struggled with it in the past. I have as well. And I think there's a number of reasons as to why. But yeah, I mean, trusting the process is... It's tough, like, because, you know, we're constantly, we constantly have questions that pop into our mind about, am I doing the right type of work to get me where I want to go? Mm -hmm. The the other side of it too, is we see this a lot in the gym, Mm -hmm. even as people come in and work with us. There's no question that you can sense as you're talking to someone that maybe they feel a little bit of doubt about what you're doing. They ask a bunch of questions about, why are we doing this? Which those are all really good things. And Absolutely. I always tell people, I want you to ask me questions like all the time. Yeah. Question the methods, even if it's us. I don't want people to take what we say as gospel without doing their own due diligence. I I've, think that's very important, not just in fitness, but just in, in a lot of elements around. Yeah. living your daily life. Absolutely. There's a lot of information out there, which again, like going back to the theme of this entire podcast, this is why we created this, this whole podcast with the overall theme of helping you avoid the bullshit because there's just so much information and misinformation out there. So in the, the context of this conversation, particularly, I think this interferes with people's ability to trust the process. We'll use the example of say you are working with a specific coach on I mean, I guess I'll use my experiences as an example, working with a specific coach on trying to achieve the splits, right? So if I start down that road with uh, Coach A, Coach Apple, we'll bring coach, back apples and bringing bananas. bringing back apples and bananas. They if are making I, a return. Making a return. If I start down the path with Coach A, I might start into the program a little bit and then after a week or two be like, I don't know if it's enough work. Mm. I mean, and especially with something like the splits, it takes a lot of time. So that's another contributing factor as to why people have a hard time trusting the process. And we'll touch on that a little bit more in a second. But say I'm two weeks in and I'm like, I feel like I should be further along, which is really silly when talking about splits, but it could be anything, Mm -hmm. strength work, whatever. I feel like I should be further along. Then maybe that starts to allow doubt to creep into my mind about, is this person the right fit for me? Am I doing all the work that I need to do? And then what may start to happen from there is whether it's me adding work myself that I think will help things move along faster or seeking out someone else to supplement what I'm getting from coach Apple. Maybe I find coach will go with, we'll go with a different one. Coach, coach pair. Maybe I find coach pair and, uh, and they have some different stuff. And so then I start like mixing all these things together. And then oftentimes when that happens, I'll find again, whether it's me adding things to my program, to the program myself or from other, another coach pair, then 
all of a sudden I'm like, okay, now I'm doing too much and I'm actually not going anywhere because the dosage is too high in the context of this specific, like physical training example. Everything kind of starts to snowball because of that mindset that's kind of built in about, Hey, I need to like, I wanted this Mm -hmm. at this point, but I'm not there. Right. Well, another thing I'll say about that is, you know, it's not just limited to the splits work that I'm working on, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's like, all right, I'm working on splits. That's my primary goal. But subconsciously, I'm like, I also don't want to lose my upper body strength, Mm. for example. And so then I start adding in upper body work. It it can be a result too of just trying to do everything, trying to do everything and get better at everything at the same time. And again, more often than not, and especially depending on the specificity of your goal, that's not the best approach. So you, you may have to like put some things to the side for a period of time. What is it or what have you noticed with with that um, in terms of how your mindset has changed? That You talked about the physical side of adding pieces. Now, when you start adding those pieces, what goes through your head as that's going? Well, so as it's happening, it's like, oh, yeah, this is like this is fine to do. Right. But that, that is also just blatantly, blatantly looking at the process that that one coach gave me and being like that. I don't trust that. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't trust that that's going to provide me with what I need to excel at the things that I want to excel at. So that right there then creates an issue because that's just pretty quickly implementing doubt into my mind that that's not going to work. And I've heard, I've heard a lot of people say this before that like probably one of the most important things in terms of determining the success or failure of a program is the individual, the, the client or the person's belief that it will work. Mm. Right. So there's a, you know, we can get into a, I mean, it's kind of a deeper conversation. The, and essentially what that is, is kind of like a placebo effect, Mm. right? It's, it's the idea that by you getting a certain prescription or whatever, you believing that it's going to work is actually what makes it work. And there's a lot of, I believe back in the day, they actually had a pill when they first, well, I'll have to look into the story of this, but I remember hearing this. I don't know what, what class it was in. It might've been like a microbiology class that I took, but where they actually did have a drug called placebo. And they would give it to people and it like helped people with certain ailments. I I don't know. I I need to look into the story of it, but there is a lot of, a lot of truth Truth to to the idea of, yeah, like that's why they call it a thing. That's why the, the term placebo effect is a commonly used term. I wonder if that's like, you remember, and this is going to get a little sidetracked, but like back to, I guess when we were growing up and they have all those like power bands and remember those things that they're like, Oh, it's going to create, like those, like the wristbands that oh. created energy yeah. okay. to hold you yeah. in. And the yeah. same thing with the, what's that one ring? It's oh. like a, it was like a, that you put around your wrist. Yes. They had the infomercials where they would do, <laughs> yeah. they would like be doing muscle testing with people where they'd be like, hold your arm out to the side. They'd push it down and they can push it down pretty easily. And then like put this thing on and then they put it on <laughs> and they do it. Which the funny thing there is, they just have learned what the test is. Exactly. So they know what's coming. <laughs> and so you know to resist it more. So yes. that, that's a weird thing with muscle testing is like a whole a whole thing. That's like <laughs> like there I worked with a coach once that 
he would get supplements and do like muscle tests. And he even, even he said like, who knows how accurate this is, but he would simply like hold the pill in his hand, whatever the supplement was and muscle tests. He would have someone like push down on his arm and see if he could resist it more. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. It's funny you say that. Cause there is a story about, or not. I, I have a story about that because they've actually did that. They came over when we were doing like baseball camps or whatever. And someone was trying to sell us that supplement and they did the exact same test where like, you held it. No, like held you. They're like hold your arm out, and yeah. they go like they push, push down, all yeah. the way down, yeah. and they're like drink this. Oh, I was like, okay, and we they drank did it. The test and they immediately. Did, yeah. Oh, that's funny. And they're like, oh, see, look how much more tension. It's like, well, I. What was the drink? I don't remember. It was protein? a long time ago. I think it was like some. I think it was a protein or some energy drink or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. But that was a while ago. Uh, <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> it's just funny that you brought that up because that's exactly what you'll uh, see from time to time. Again, that's a little sidetracked. Uh, getting back on track, actually, we're talking about with the trust the process. Any feelings of counterproductiveness because of the fact that maybe you may not trust this program already, so you're trying to incorporate everything uh, of that. Have you had any of those feelings? Yeah. When we are trying to develop a program, we do want to think about minimal effective dosage. Mm. So well, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but we want to find the minimum amount of stimulus that will create the effect that we want. And so once you start piling more stuff on, one, you have to think about the element of, is that the most efficient thing to do, mm. right? Then two, what you have to think about is, is the extra stuff going to interfere with that primary goal could be related to um, maybe again, if it's a splits goal that I'm working on, if I add in, I don't, I don't know what a good example, but something that's like, we'll say like, if I add in high volume swings. kettlebell swings, yeah. then if I do that around when I do my split session, well then that blows up my hamstrings and my hamstrings are so tight that I can't, that, that it basically impedes me from getting good output on my split session, then that's an issue, right? And then bigger picture, zooming out even a little bit more, if you just continue to add and add and add, whatever it is, you know, we talked on the stress episode about allostatic load. Yeah. And so then it starts feeding into the concept of that, which, I mean, as I've explored the flexibility realm more and more, I've definitely found that the, the higher my allostatic load, the more that I will generally be like a little bit tighter. Your and nervous that, system is just, just like exposed to so many things yeah. firing or pushing at it. Yep. And then that interferes with your ability to recover. So maybe you're, you're more tight, you know, and whether that's a, an actual like tissue like problem, or if it's more of a, a matter of the nervous system being overly taxed and not having enough space and time to recover, whatever it is, it can just, again, be interfering with that primary thing you're trying to pursue. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. We've talked a lot about the physical nature of trusting the process. What about things outside of that? What about like nutrition, your mental state? Yeah. So this, yeah. And, and, and again, we talk a lot about how, um, training is always a really good metaphor for life. Yeah. And so this same thing is true. I, I personally see in people's lives just outside of like the physical realm. So professionally people that are 
unsure of what they want to do. And they're kind of jumping from maybe career to career without giving it the, the amount of time required to really see if it's worth, worth it for them to continue to invest in that. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Yes. I mean, and I was in that position in my mid twenties when I was like, I think I want to go into fitness, but like, I didn't know what that could produce for me in terms of career, in terms of a career. And I think fitness especially can be challenging in that way because, you know, a career in fitness is not linear, right? It's no. not like you go to law school and graduate from law school and then pass the bar and then get a job and then work to be a partner. And then, you know, fitness is very kind of like a create your own uh, field and journey. So it can be hard, but I mean, there are other careers like that, right? But the reality is, and, and similar to this podcast, right? We knew coming into this project that if we wanted to do it and make it something worthwhile, we needed to commit to the process. Mm -hmm. And for us, that meant we need to at least tell ourselves we got to do 52 episodes, year oh, year a worth. year worth of episodes. And had we come in and just been like, we don't really have a process. Let's just start recording and yeah. see where it goes. And, and, you know, then who knows, we, we may just have fallen off. Going back to the routine episode. So if you're talking about routine, mm -hmm. uh, we have that episode up already in Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening to this, you have opportunity to listen back to that and see how that routine helps build, uh, build towards your goals, essentially. Yeah. Build towards you trusting, trusting the process. Absolutely. Um, but this also happens to, I see it a lot with like skill development. So someone's mm -hmm. like, and I'm definitely guilty of this. Someone's like, I want to learn a new language or I want to learn how to play the piano, which I'm currently trying to do. Ooh. Um, it's very hard. And the only way in which you make some progress is if you really commit. Yes. And again, with the piano example, I mean, I've been practicing. I've been really bad like the last couple of weeks because we were traveling. But when I first started practicing, probably like. He's about to sneeze. I think I ruined it. It went away. Oh. Okay, I'm good. And so <laughs> when I first started practicing like a month ago, um, you know, I, I started doing it every night. And even if I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it five minutes. I just told myself I have to I have to do some amount of piano practice. And after a couple of weeks, I was actually starting to get somewhere. And so that's the thing is like, you need to just really devote yourself to, to providing time to that thing that you're trying to learn instead of being like, Oh, I couldn't figure out this song that I wanted to learn in five days. So I'll try the guitar now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and so then you're just bouncing all over the place and same thing. Like I use the learning languages as an example that's I mean, a great that's one an, because that's, that's very difficult. Very difficult. And it just takes time. Music is a language time too. and reps. Yeah, exactly. So, so I see it in skill development could even be for some people, a thing with relationships, right? Yes. You don't commit yourself to a relationship. Doesn't have to be romantic. Could be friends as well. Yeah. But like maybe you go out with a friend, get, get drinks or something or someone you're trying to meet. And like the first meeting doesn't go like you thought. Then you're like, I'm done. But it's like, well, maybe if you gave it a few more chances, that could really turn into something valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then specifically with nutrition. I was going to say, this is a big one because you see this a lot. Yeah. And this ties in a lot to what we see and encounter. Um, even experience. Even too. experience. Yep. But 
you'll find people are jumping from fad diet to fad diet. And most fad diets are not anything I would recommend, mm -hmm. but regardless of what they're comprised of and what the idea is, if you really want to see that it works or if it works, you have to at least give it a few months. Yeah. You know, say you're trying to like cut out gluten, for example, which is a very valid thing for people to do because some people are sensitive to it. Absolutely. I, I, I'm not entirely sure on the research on this, but it does take time for your system to actually clear all of that. Same thing with dairy. So if you go gluten free and you give it like two weeks and you're like, I don't really notice any differences, like that's probably not enough time. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you got to like give it at least a month, maybe even six weeks to let your body really work through all that. Work through all the challenges that you're going to face, even like with nutrition. Yeah. There's a ton that you're going to probably hit. For sure. Some for sure. And it's, it takes your time body to adapt as well to the new stuff that you're providing. And nutrition is especially a very, a very, very big issue that we see this with. And that's why whenever I try something new, like again, I've tried more of a, like an animal based mm -hmm. and like things like that and reducing certain uh, amounts of carbohydrates and vegetables and stuff like that. And I gave it a solid like six months because I was like, I'm just going to commit to it and see what happens. Ribeyes. Ribeyes and ribeye. bone broth. Ooh. Um, and I found out that it just wasn't for me. I yeah. found out that my body generally does better with carbohydrates and variety, which I think for most people, that's a good place to start. Then, Do so go to? we see this. So in the gym, Got it. so we'll talk about what we see in the gym a lot. And this is, I think, one of the best anecdotes for trusting the process. Agreed. Yeah. And there's, yeah, I, I see it really quite often. So it, at Project 13, we provide a very comprehensive program, I would say. Agreed. Especially for a group class. Mm -hmm. You know, we provide elements of different movement we provide different phases so like maybe it's your strength work it's so maybe we go through a hypertrophy phase yep. maybe we go through a conditioning phase right and then within each cycle it's we have upper body strength lower body strength conditioning work so you're getting a lot of different stimulus and then even kind of zooming in more to the micro level you're working on flexibility mobility throughout the session or at the end of the session or even at the beginning of the session so you're really getting a lot of different a lot of different pieces and I think when people kind of take all of that in and really submit themselves to what they're experiencing they make a lot of progress true in terms of how they feel how they move how they look like all of the above then we have another group of people that maybe don't come in as frequently mm -hmm. And for whatever reason that may be, and maybe they're d more committed to a different process and they just like to supplement with what we provide, which is totally fine. But it could also be just like, they're not very consistent with their training regimen. Um, but so maybe there's those people that, that don't come in as frequently. And then usually it's those people, but also this can happen with people that are pretty regular. Yeah. Is I often see, so we usually will do flexibility mobility for the last 10 minutes, I would say, maybe, maybe five. Depending on, on whether the program runs long or not. Yes. Um, <laughs> Some classes do run a little bit. But bigger. we always tell people you can stay as long as you want to work through that. Yeah. Right. And I get that everybody has schedules that they're sticking to and all that stuff. But like, I always encourage people, if you have some time, like five to 10 minutes after class. Yeah. 
for most people, that's not like going to break your day, no. right? Um, you know, finish out that mobility, use a little bit of extra time if you, if you can. But what I often see is those, those pe- there are a group of people that the second it gets to flexibility, mobility, they're like, peace, I'm out. I'm out. And in my experience, what I've seen, and I, I kind of obser- observed this like probably a few years ago and specifically with one individual that it really stuck out with me. His name is Ryan Johnson. What's Ooh, up, Ryan? I miss you. you. Miss you, big guy. Yeah. So Ryan was someone, and actually another, I'll, I'll give another shout out here. Ryan Shankin. Ryan Shankin. Was also another person that that I saw do this, and, and in turn, they both saw incredible results. And they basically what they did is they would do the whole workout and whatever, and then they would make sure that they finished all the rounds of the flexibility mobility work. And, you know, at someone's initial thought, they might think, okay, when it gets to flexibility mobility, I'm not doing any additional work that's going to like help me burn calories, quote unquote, right? That's one of the big things. They've already done the hard conditioning or they've already done the heavy strength work, right? So a lot of people I think sometimes can think that's really what I needed out of this class. And so then they'll just brush over the flexibility mobility. But those people that I saw, again, using the two Ryans as an example, they both made very, very incredible progress. And I think it almost has more so to do with the intention and the mindset Mm. that they brought to every training session because they were like, I'm going to do everything in this session that's written on the board and apply my full intent to it. And they were also people that would like both of those Ryans would often ask questions about, about the flexibility, mobility. How can I, how can I make myself better at this? Do I need to adjust position, whatever it may be. And that again, I think spoke to how they chose to go through the entire training session, but then also what they did outside of the gym as well. They were just more committed to eating well, doing additional at home flexibility, mobility, and they would sometimes ask us for suggestions on that, doing things like meditating, like RJ mm-hmm. was really good at that. So it, it was always, I just observed that after a period of time and just thought it was very interesting because now I know when people come in and what like buy into the process, buy into the process. If I see people doing that, like there's another really good example right now, Elena Richmond, she always shout out Elena. Shout out Elena she always makes sure she, she completes that move. And I can tell you, like, she's going to make incredible progress just yeah. because of that mindset that she applies to the training. Yeah, and do you think about it this way, too? Once you commit to that and you start seeing the changes, your body, like, even with the mo- like with the mobility specifically, your body's going to have more options. We talked about yeah. this a little bit. Just mm-hmm. having more options to be freer and feel like you can move through more things. And that's alone could even help you. I mean, even if you still have that calorie goal, mm-hmm. the fact that you'll be able to move more. Yeah. Move because more you weight, feel better. Accessing more musculature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's an element of it too, is that like, I do actually think that that, that physical benefit that you get is very important and applies back to all the quote unquote, like hard stuff. Speaking of the hard stuff, I I guess one thing I can bring this towards is like like sports psychology mm-hmm. in terms of goal theory, and it's like uh, this is a little bit of where I've gotten some of my education in is talking about the two goal achievement or two achievement goal theories, which is ego and task oriented. 
Mm-hmm. So we're talking about more so behaviors of people when you have your two types. Your first one, I'll start with the ego oriented. So as, as you can probably tell, this is probably a little bit more harsh on it. Uh, I guess the easiest way to say it is thinking of winning the game by any means necessary. So in fitness, that could be like, I'm just going to get to my 20 pounds. I'm going to lose my 20 pounds. I'm going to take testosterone. I'm going to take testosterone. Roids, roid out. <laughs> roid out. Um, and it's often like, these behaviors are more so I want to find the easiest way to get to that, to that situation. Yes. So yeah, testosterone, taking a pill, doing this, constantly comparing myself to others is the other thing that you'll see. Which is a big problem. Which is a big problem. And it often causes people to process these to change because they're seeing someone else do something. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other, the opposite side of the spectrum, which is your task orientation. This one is thinking of it as like, I'm going to do some of these smaller tasks to get to the bigger picture of, of what I'm uh, trying to achieve. These behaviors or people, individuals, I would say like oftentimes find more challenging tasks. They seek those out and try to achieve beyond that uh, and gain like a mastery or achievement uh, of a higher ability. Like it might be someone saying this is, I guess this can tie into you because you, I see you as a very task oriented person. You're trying to look into like, how you feel in your squat. Mm-hmm. What am I noticing? What do I notice with my hips? We even talked about it earlier during yep. training today. Yep. Like, hey, you're coming out of a one week of, of uh, travel. Mm-hmm. Like, like your hips don't feel that great right now, exactly. unfortunately. Yeah. And of course, like these are, these sides are, are two extremes. Um, and in the fitness world, you can kind of think of it as uh, how do you want to achieve your goal? I guess I think I'm going to I have some notes here, but we're going to kind of summarize this a little bit more on this. It's would you rather have a mastery of something or would you rather just hit your goal and just be done with it? Yeah, it's that's kind that's of the a good, easiest way and, to say And another it. as you're describing that, you know, you you think about those two different types of ways of pursuing a goal the first one seemed uh which was the ego oriented seems to be a little bit more externally focused very externally focused whereas the task oriented individual um is thinking more about the internal yes less about comparison more about where they're currently at what they're currently experiencing when they do some of these things mm-hmm. so that's kind of another good way to think about it uh had this been some sort of competition if they were talking about like, cause this is in sports behavior talking in competition. This is like, if you have a self, like a high self perceived competence level of like what you're doing, like, so let's take this for example. Like if we were to do a squat competition, mm. if you know that if I set up my way, my, or like if I were to set up in a certain way with my feet, my hands or like, and, and, and I know how I feel mindset wise, mm. or I've known that I practice, and you can combine that with your ego orientation and how, um, or if you can combine that with your task orientation of how your process got up there leading up to that competition, essentially that will lead to a, um, the ego orientation will support your achievement. Interesting. Yeah. So both of them can positively influence yes the combination of the two can positively influence results yes absolutely interesting i will say though however in life i would probably argue more so that being task oriented is probably going to keep you in tune for the long run 
Right. So talking going and if back it's to less of a focus of like competition. Yes. Task oriented is probably the better route for most individuals. Correct. Yeah. And this is where you're thinking of try, if we're going if we're tying this back to the to the um, topic of today, trusting the process. Yeah. How else are you going to trust the process besides delving in and like uh, at least taking on some of those challenges that may come in? Like for example, we see this in the gym sometimes with people hitting plateaus. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm not really getting anywhere. Maybe I need to change it up or maybe should I, should I add this? Should I do some some box jumps? Should I just go more weight? No, not necessarily. You yeah. Can, we can pull back. Maybe it is something that we have to free up in your hips. Right. Let's dive into that. It's right. a challenge mm -hmm. because now you have to take your mindset away. You have to pull back on that to, in order to, uh, you have to take a step back to take two steps forward essentially is a cliche word, but. Yeah, which nobody wants to do. Yeah. Everybody just wants to keep moving forward. It's okay to take a step back. It is okay. It's part of the process. It is, yep. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to, I think we talked about this in one of the episodes, I don't remember which one, but that progress oftentimes is not linear. It's not. Right? It will have uh, peaks and it will have valleys, and that's completely normal. Similar to the stock market, right? Mm. It can crash it at can some crash. point. And that can also happen with physical training, right? You can have major setback, whether it's an injury or, you know, you have to like move or something like that. And it's like a two week process. Like it can be, yeah, it's just not, it's just not linear. And so when their expectation is not met, then that's when it can kind of turn into a downward spiral of self-doubt, doubt in the process and, and all of the above and can be a tough tough hurdle for people to get over so just to tie everything together with everything we talked about here i know we talked about a lot in terms of keeping into the process so why is it important to trust the process so it's important to trust the process for a number of reasons one being that especially as it relates to the physical body we talked about this in in a previous episode it takes a while to see significant progress regardless of what the process is i would say yeah you're trying to build muscle it's going to take time if you're trying to make significant gains in your cardiovascular output it's going to take time if you're trying to improve your flexibility it's going to take time if you're trying to uh lose weight or or recomp through nutrition that's going to take time yeah you know there's this weird uh there's this weird kind of like paradigm that we live in right now i don't know if that's the right word i just threw it out there mm. We've gotten used to technology making things very quick. Yes. And so we apply that to every aspect of our life. And we think that that's just how everything should work. And the reality is biology will never be like that. Just won't. It takes time. It takes commitment. And so, again, whatever the process is, just settle into it. People say it's not the destination it's the journey mm -hmm. and i think that is very true in what we do that you do need to kind of fall in love with that process you don't necessarily have to but i can tell you that it's going to be much more enjoyable if you just if you just give it give it a try and really you know try to devote your full self to that process what you're experiencing from day to day and things like that so that's the first thing is it takes time to see significant results Additionally, learning to trust the process more can help you overcome mental barriers. So this is something that I'm currently working through myself. I have some mental barriers around like squatting and deadlifting and just like 
getting strong on those movements as as I've explained in previous episodes. I have in the past like suffered with chronic low back pain and it's at, it's at a really good place right now. I'm very happy with how I've progressed. You have your support right here. I do. Thank you, Mr. Caller. <laughs> he is oh, very supportive. Uh, myself and the listeners. Yes, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. But yeah, so, and, and it's not like anything's happened recently, but you and I were talking about this last week as I was getting ready to travel. So previously, in the in the past, there have been a few times where I've been doing a training session and I have like some travel scheduled for the next day or the next couple days and something happens and I tweak my back because that's been something that I've experienced mm-hmm. those circumstances when I then get into a situation in which those circumstances are present I can automatically start to feel and sense that that there's like doubt creeping into my mind and I'm like oh Thomas you're traveling tomorrow like don't like fuck up your back you know and then it just snowballs into this thing right so if I just commit myself to the process and be like, you know, look, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to push beyond what I need to given where my program is at. Then I can get through that training session or whatever and just do the work and feel fine. The more that I do that, the more confident I become in trusting the process. Mm. Right. So, um, the strong fit group has actually done a lot of good stuff around this, um, and talked about it quite a bit. But it's basically like matching your observation to your prediction. So if I predict that like I'm going to go through the process and come out with my back feeling okay, the more that that happens, the more confident that I become that that will continue to happen. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So that going back to maybe that placebo effect. Exactly. Right. You know, I'm like, okay, like the program works, right? Yeah. And and as I continue to tell myself the program works and I just get more of it, then it's just like, it just solidifies that belief, right? And again, back to like belief being the very, one of the most important things in determining the success of a program. So then how does one get to there? How do we get to trusting a process? How do you build a practice? So I think one of the biggest things is finding a coach or mentor, mm-hmm. all right? A lot of people have that in us at the gym, the people that come to Project 13, I think most people that come in, whether they're members or not, they trust us, you know, and, uh, and we've had to earn that for sure. Once they start to buy into what we do again, that's another instance in which I see results really kind of take off because they're just like, all right, I'm committed. These guys seem to know what they're doing. We seem to know what we're doing. We we know what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Then they, then they just kind of fully dive in. Then I would say the second thing, work on reducing those mental barriers and a process can help. So there's kind of like a feedback loop there, right? By trusting the process, mental barriers go down, mental barriers go down. You trust the process more. It's kind of just this continuous feedback loop. There's additional work that you can, that you can do to address those mental barriers. It takes a lot of introspection Mm. and you and I have talked about that with myself is like, I I'm very introspective and maybe, maybe, um, to a fault uh, at times. Like if fair. I overanalyze, I can uh, overanalyze uh, something, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I think we all can. <laughs> yeah. So, so then maybe it's like that right there is a mental barrier mm. that I overanalyze. I do a squat and I'm like, 
oh, there's this like little subtle movement and I don't like that. And then I can just get a little too wrapped up in it. But being aware of that and knowing if I start to overanalyze and being like, you know what? It is what it is. Like just set it to the side. I'll come back to it yeah. the next time I squat and be like, can I improve it or can I work on that, that little thing? And then just, I would say, addressing the root cause as well. So is there a specific reason you don't trust certain processes or don't trust or don't trust trusting the process, ah. right? Maybe it's something that happened when you were growing up. Maybe you had a coach There's in trauma. a youth sport. Yeah, that just kind of like screwed you over, right? And so now it's very hard for you to find a mentor that you can actually trust. Think about that a little bit as well as you're trying to explore, explore how you can trust the process a bit more. And with that? Avoid the bullshit. Avoid the bullshit. <sighs> Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media for providing the studio space and additional production. Absolutely. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Project 13 Gyms. You can find myself at Kemifan. That is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y. B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.